Welcome, bienvenue, to the Fantasy Tools Podcast. This is the show where fantasy tools discuss fantasy tools. I'm your host, Eric Rentz, and I'm joined by my co-host, Michael Peterson. Our mission is to discuss fantasy baseball and the tools that we're developing that help us manage our teams. Cue that intro music. Season two of His Dark Materials, aka HTM, episode two. Question number one Did you expect him to have the knife at the end of the episode? Yeah, obviously, every every single episode, either either a knife or Andrew Scott. Like, come on. <laughs> How much longer can you make me wait for these? <laughs> I, I there you go. So no, no knife. No daddy. <laughs> All right. So the episode's called The Cave. Here's the, here's the BBC synopsis. Lyra crosses into Will's world, and they set off to find answers about dust. Will is shocked to discover he has grandparents, but quickly realizes he can't trust them. I guess that's true. I mean, that, that is what happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was it's kind of... I guess that's the major beats. Kind of. I mean, you would kind of, I guess the thought is that it's too much of a spoiler to say that Lyra has some successes. Yeah, like, it only says cave. she set off to find answers about dust. But, I mean, she basically found answers about dust. The cave. The cave. You must remember the cave. I know. We talked about this, right? I think the, the concept that Philip Pullman's trying to make a, a timeless story. And it's kind of there. But you can see, you can see where they're trying to update the story in the show. From, what, from what's written in the books, I mean. Right, and they're and they have major impacts on what actually happens in the what the characters can do. Having a cell phone is like I, I don't know is is huge. It's like there's a a lot of fantasy. One of the problems that I have with fantasy is this kind of thing. Is that like over the course of a series, especially like the Wheel of Time. Um, Terry Brooks's of this world where it's like they've been around for so long that they bring in new elements and they're like the people in this fantasy world are trying to invent like guns and technology that's very similar to what we have (laughs) and I don't and it's always really tough so yes and that's what was exactly happening here is like all of a sudden Will has a cell phone okay that's like Game changer if he's going to all these other worlds. I, I mean, I also think, right, exactly. I also think about this, um, <laughs> like, 1997-era supercomputer versus your 2018-era supercomputer. Like, you know, the, you're kind of changing the story <laughs> pretty hard oh, here. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the supercomputer, the computer, the, the cell phone that I have is more powerful than the supercomputer in 1997. Yeah, exactly. So it's kind of like, mm, I don't know. But I mean, I, I feel for the the writing of the story in the sense that I don't think this is a completely unreasonable choice to try and update it, to try and make it now. But they've, I think the thing that always frustrates me is like shortening the shelf life of any given show. Well, they, they need to spend less time in Will's world is a bigger thing. 
and the there is I mean they spend a lot of time in this in the synopsis right about Will meeting his grandparents, but that turned out to be entirely exposition. I there was yeah that was very very nothing nothing burger, but to the point that you don't know if that's actually his grandparents. Oh, um, right? the way that they the way that it's so short. There's like this little tiny bit of me that's like, are is that all a fake? <laughs> right. Was this just set up with the? I mean, actually, you know, stranger things have happened. But, but... I always thought that in the book. I think I I thought that in the book. Really? Too. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Could that have just been a diversionary tactic down a rabbit hole? Um, I never thought about that. Interesting. Okay. Also, we haven't talked at all about the Magisterium, which was actually forty percent of the episode. <laughs> Probably. I don't find that. I I really don't find any of that compelling. <laughs> I, I just think that this episode was probably still just as confusing, if not more so, as a non-book reader, because everything was happening so fast. Um, ah, yeah, you, you're right. But it's also... It, People, I worry just, I mean, I mean, you and I are just as much in the dark as, as a non-book reader. So they just had to, if you're paying attention really, really well, <laughs> either way. I think we're a little bit more attuned than. Mm-hmm. Maybe we know where to listen to some of the beats. Yeah. Yeah. And you've, we have a better sense of what's signal and what's noise, I think. Yeah. In some of these as well. But I don't know. Do you really want to kick around a little soccer? Important question for the upcoming weekend. If Man City scores five goals against Burnley, how many do they score against Fulham? <laughs> I mean, they got to go for six, right? You, you'd think they need to. I mean, this is like, obviously Man City's like, well, we'll just run up the goal differential while we're at it. <laughs> Other things that were really enjoyable about last weekend... Manu pulling it out in the 88th minute? No, 90 plus two. We we really like to to pick the games that, that go down to the, the last five minutes. That was that was a tight one. I'm glad we stayed away from Chelsea Tottenham. Um, didn't that yeah, what what did it end up zero, being? Zero zero draw. Uh, Beautiful. It was a draw. See, but I think I s didn't I say that I thought it was gonna be a draw? You did say draw. Are we gonna pick games Over. for the EPL? Uh yeah, sure. Let's do it. Um Man City over Fulham is like the most obvious of obvious. I'm not sure it gets more obvious than that. No, sorry. Next week is Man City versus... No, two weeks from now is Man City versus West Brom. I lied. It does get more obvious. Well, West Brom gets is more like frisky in a like zero zero draw kind of way. <laughs> <laughs> That's so depressing. All right. Here's matchup of... Two of our two of our favorites to pick: West Ham versus Man United. What would we do in that scenario? Stay away. Tottenham can beat Arsenal, right? They could. Harry Kane do scores a goal. I think so. Leicester's got to beat Sheffield, right? I mean, it's either that or I know I don't I don't <laughs> the Wolves will probably beat Liverpool. Uh, I think it's Leicester over Sheffield. Let's do that one, assuming that um, Leicester beats Fulham tonight we'll take a look at Leicester and Fulham tonight and Leicester I assume is playing this week as well what are the wolves doing I don't know what the wolves are doing the wolves make no sense the wolves 
the Wolves seem to have like a pretty decent defense and a really atrocious offense. They're my team. They're my team this year. Wow. I, as much as I as I want it to be Fulham, it's not. They also have the most absurd logo of all the EPL teams. It doesn't look like an EPL. It looks like it should be arena football. Exactly. That's my point. It does not look at all like an EPL logo. All right, let's move on to some let's move on to some baseball here. Um, uh, last week on the pod, we set up an assignment to look at four seamers for me to make a cleaned up fastball table and maybe to start thinking about correlations uh, and what they're going to tell us independent maybe of velocity. So I did most of that and I have questions. <laughs> so, okay. so let's get to let's them here. And I think I'm actually going to just, I emailed this to you yesterday, but I updated it. Obviously I'm always tinkering. And what we have here is a giant corner plot of the 12 categories that we fit to in PCA. Okay. And right away I can see a couple things that we can eliminate, I think, we can eliminate velocity, I think, pretty consistently because it's doubled up mm-hmm. in another category. <laughs> Which is exit velocity? Uh, v it's vy zero, so the initial y velocity, which basically by definition is the velocity that the ball is traveling towards the plate, <laughs> right? Because they've they've yeah. defined a coordinate system where z is up and down, x is like in line with the shoulders of the pitcher, and y is the line from the rubber to the plate. It, it doesn't it doesn't totally make sense to me. Why is that y? Wouldn't it be? I would think that'd be X. They didn't. They didn't consult me when constructing their coordinate system. <laughs> I'm just telling you what we are, what we have to work. Damn with. it, Michael. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I'm just telling you what okay. we have to work with. That's the way that they've oriented yeah. their coordinate system. So. Agreed. We have the three. So no reason to talk about velocity. There's no reason to talk about velocity because it's it has an r it has an r squared of 0. 0.91 with yeah. okay. with vy zero. It, I mean, it is VY0. So the question now is actually, is the initial Y velocity interesting at all also? Uh, so I put, I put these all together. What you're seeing today is a cleaned version for a couple reasons that I'll, that I'll talk about um, in a minute. But what I did was I ran, I just did a linear regression to all of the for each of them yeah to all of the correlations for the most part no correlations which i think is good i actually think that we want to put in as little obviously correlated data as possible well no but that's the whole point of us being in pca would be that it's it's not clearly correlated not directly correlated until there's not two two out i mean outside of velocity and exit velocity there's no there's no clear except for this what is z plate and yeah so z is the height that it crosses the plate and then vz is the initial z velocity so those also make sense that they're correlated because if you're doing it right okay that makes that makes sense because if you're throwing you're not going to be throwing a belt high um a curveball that crosses the plate belt high (laughs) <laughs> yeah it's 77 miles per hour you're throwing a 
a fastball naval high that's as fast as you can throw it, right? Bingo. And so I'm actually tempted to remove... I'm, I'm actually tempted to remove um, X-plate and Z-plate from this because they, because they show such strong correlations with the velocities in those two dimensions. Um, but... I, I don't know. I mean, maybe maybe we need to decide on like an R squared threshold that we eliminate things. <laughs> I mean, point nine is too high, but is point six too high? Is point five too high? Like, are we are we just biasing our information? Then I'm not sure. I think, I think we are. It's close, but it's not too close. And I think that what this is tracking, because what so what is it? Point six seven for the Z plate and the um, VZ, yeah. VZ velocity, yeah, they keep on getting distracted by zero. It's saying intent versus, if if intent, if it, if it was intent, then it would be a correlation of like, it would be like 0.9, right? But it's not, it's oh. reality. So it's, 0.7 almost right because that's the whole thing they were trying to get is the pitches that get away from someone (laughs) yeah that's interesting so zach davies hmm. zach davies is not an elite pitcher because every come once in a while he leaves one of his two seam fastballs up in the up in the strike zone and he gets walloped (laughs) so all right We'll come back to this in a second. In terms of data cleaning, because there now is a publicly available fastball catalog where I, I split up the fastball catalogs, but there are bonus cleaning things to do. And I don't know, a million points to you if you can tell me what these four pitchers have in common that I had to kick them out of the data set. Adam <laughs> Simber, Darren O'Day, Ryan Thompson, and Tyler Rogers. Ah, uh, Okay. So sinker, uh, not um, the submarine style pitchers. Sidearms, yeah. So they're all they're all side. The four of them are sidearm pitchers, and <laughs> man, do they stand out in release point if you include release point. <laughs> so I kicked the four of them out. I also kicked out for reasons that I have not yet figured out. Oliver Drake, who has a bizarre X release position. Is it very high? Very it's low. really, really large. Yeah. Oh, because it's like over his. It almost it's like over his head. <laughs> is the way that he's throwing it. Yeah. He's so he he had an anomalous. He had a very strange. He got kicked out too. <laughs> so there there is a limit to who we can deal with. And then how about this? Six guys that got kicked out for a much more ignominious reason. Brian Holiday, John Ryan Murphy. Kevin Plawecki, Matt Davidson, Tyler Rogers, and sadly, Zach Greinke. Oh no! Why? <laughs> Why? They pitch too slow. <laughs> they are. <laughs> they are very, very obviously outliers in velocity. <laughs> uh, poor Jared Weaver too. <laughs> Jared Weaver would be way out. So. It was because so I was looking at this and and basically what I was trying to do now is <laughs> minimize sort of the inherent correlations that we that we definitely don't want to be fitting to. So okay. I, so I kicked yeah. out those guys and man, it's it's a bummer. 
<laughs> but it's nice because now what you're left with is like a cloud, a, a you know reasonable clouds in most of the categories. Yeah, outliers are fun, but they can be. We can tackle some of those anecdotally. Anecdotally. And so, so we kicked out. We kicked out ten pitchers in in total, and there it leaves you with three hundred ninety nine. So it's not like All we're right. kicking out a crazy amount of the sample when we're doing this. Um, the thing that I haven't done yet is produce. I need to. I think that it would be useful for me to produce outlier free catalogs as well. So I haven't. I just haven't posted outlier free catalogs. I in the in GitHub which I pushed. There are CSVs of all the four seamers for 2019 and 2020 split by left-handers and right-handers. And this is just all for re all for reproducibility. The goal is to give us something that give you a product that you can work with however you want <laughs> in whatever in whatever system you want, but it's already totally cleaned. And so the vision for me now would also be to create outlier-free versions of each one of these where where I've gone through and done the processing that we just described, which is <laughs> You know, by eye inspecting the correlation plots and realizing, hey, there's a blob that is way out and makes no sense. <laughs> I do like that. Why is that there? I have one complaint about StatCast for today that I don't have a resolution to. And so I'm actually really curious about this. And I really don't want to go into that deep of a dive because I'm scared of where it might lead us. But there is clearly a a caustic in spin rate at 3000 and it's not exactly 3000 but there's there's something wrong with how the how the sensors work how the sensors work because you can you can see it in the correlation plot there's a there's a line at 3000 it's not exactly 3000 but it's a clear overdensity and it's not one picture so it's it's just the normal, you know, a normal array of pitchers across that. Because mm -hmm. what I thought was, okay, well, it's one pitcher who's like exactly 3,000 every time and varies everything else for some reason. I don't know how that would happen. No. But, it, but it's not. So I think that there's something. The top doesn't look. Top doesn't look very... right. I know. So and there's, and there's a, a tail to low spin. I'm wondering if there are just bad fits sometimes in however however they're computing the spin rate because they're obviously having to fit something a model to it they must have to fit a model and i'm assuming that it herds to 3000 in some cases and herds to 3500 and others and or that might be the constant that they're using that could be too so i don't know what to and do <laughs> i don't know what to do with this because it's it's obviously it's it's obviously some contamination in the data. So the game plan now is to well, once I produce these outlier the outlier free catalogs is you know, we can we can do whatever we want. I'm gonna run PCA on it again and see if there's with this super clean data catalog, if there's anything else we can do with it. If we can do better. Okay. And then I wanna keep I'm gonna keep in mind, you know, the question of of uh you know, what does it look like when a fastball misses? And that is encoding the outcomes. Oh, the outcomes are encoded, by the way, in the CSVs. I forgot to tell you. Nice. 
Um, but the thing that I haven't done that I want to do this week is do the linear outcomes or the, the outcomes by total bases or by XFIP weightings of outcomes or something. <laughs> Give that a try. See if it actually, if anything comes out. But you know, as you know, it takes a lot longer to produce a clean, workable data set than you thought, than you think. So it took it always me, does. It took me more time this week to clean this data set up than, <laughs> than I anticipated. Well, especially once you start looking, you start finding more stuff, right? Well, that was exactly it. Once you start, you, yeah, it's, you know, you start looking and you're just like, uh, no, that needs to get removed. That needs to get changed. So it's kind of interesting, though. I mean, these outliers are really interesting. Like, I'm not sure what to do now. I feel, I feel kind of, I feel kind of bad in the sense that, like, oh well, now I'm not. We're not going to analyze uh, Zachary. Key. Yeah, Zachary. We're not going to analyze Darren Day. We're not going to analyze Tyler Rogers. But they just don't fit in this paradigm. So I think do? that's true. I no, I think that that's. I think that's the whole point is that they they know what they do is special. <laughs> well, right. So I guess philosophically it's a question of what you know what are we going to learn? We're trying to learn some timeless truths here and they're trying to buck the system to <laughs> for their own personal advantage. Right. I mean, we've already done the analysis on them. We've already oh, done the analysis on them that they cannot be compared to other pitchers. Right? That's that is what makes him special. That actually is a really profound statement. We actually like that I consider that to be a successful outcome from this discussion. Yep. You are different. I think that about brings us to the review session. Hector Neris. Hector Neris. Uh not the worst. 2020 season no he he actually had some pretty pretty remarkable numbers that came up here okay so he this is his age 31 season so we're going to be working with him for a little bit longer appears in 24 games 21 innings 21.2 innings pitch excuse me don't want to shorthand that he's got a, a 26.2 k percent 12.6 walk percent don't love that he got five saves this year he doesn't He's sort of a little bit more in the classic closer mold in that he's going for higher he's going for higher strikeouts and he's actually succeeding because he's got a really nice barrel percentage. You could tell I'm looking at Statcast today. <laughs> yeah. Wow, only well, six point three. That's that is pretty good. Only four barrels the entire season. I mean, that's what you want your closer to do. If if your closer is geared towards strikeouts, which I think you know we on this podcast advocate for strikeout closers. <laughs> right. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, his whiff percentage is. Yeah. He's in the ninety seventh percentile on whiff percentage. This kind of bums me out that Hector Neris isn't more relevant for fantasy. You know, you look at these stats and like. I wish Hector Neris was doing better. <laughs> right, but it comes right after his walk percentage. <laughs> well, you don't love his walk percentage. And that... No. And the thing about the walk percentage is that it's five points higher, four points higher than it's been at any other point in his career. <laughs> so we think there's a chance that, that this could go the other direction. 
Well, I, I don't know. I mean, I think an age 31 season for a closer is not when you expect any sort of fall off. So I don't know if he just no. takes takes longer to normalize and he needed more he needed more time this year and just didn't get it. So right, for his career he's like a low threes walk per walks per nine. Which isn't good. I mean that's not that's not great for a closer. Um one out of every three outings he's walking somebody? No, you don't love that. Yeah. <laughs> you don't yeah. like to see that. Especially if his and then his left on base percentage this year was oh, wow. <laughs> it was not as good as as his career. Ooh, is that just what last year? No, 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 no. That's why twenty eighteen is a bit of an outlier. Um, his Babbit the the Babbit is three eighty one. That's not going to be the same thing next year. No. So I mean, in some ways, I think you 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 have pointed out. Like this is his twenty twenty numbers like aren't actually as bad as they, they might look. His his ERA of four point five seven and where the heck is his where the heck is his whip? One point seven one. Yeah. I'll put in the bet box right now. Both of them are gonna be lower. <laughs> I'm not gonna take that. I think I totally agree they're both gonna be lower. <laughs> Okay. Um, yeah, I think that that I think that there's there is some upside here. You're coming off of a down year, I mean, but I don't know that he's going to be that much closer to the 2019 version, which was a 2.93 ERA and a 1.02 WHIP. Well, look at this. He's been bad every other year, so 2021 should be a good year. Every other theory, <laughs> I I do I do like the other, every other theory. I know just you like a good every other slump. Yeah. Can he stop walking, guys? I think that's a key question. Also, can the Phillies put him in positions to get saves? <laughs> can the Phillies put him in position to get saves? Can he stop walking people? And can they play good defense behind him? Exactly. Like I actually, I was thinking initially going into this, like we might need to put Hector Neris on a good team campaign. <laughs> so what team would, what team would be good for him? Um, raise and then he then he loses all save potential <laughs> well you yeah exactly you need a killer you need a killer infield right because he's trying to he's trying to keep he's trying to induce weak weak contact he's well he's trying to is, miss and then get weak contact um is andrelton still in isn't he still in california i don't know, I think what was i think he got traded um he's still in california i mean pff, maybe that's L.A. would be a good well, spot he, for him, right? I mean, what if he ended up on the Angels? They need they need somebody. Who do they have right now? They always they always yeah. need somebody. I don't even. I don't I actually. I feel like we've already talked about who they have, but it can't be relevant. Oh, Hansel Hansel's Hansel Robles. Oh yeah, already made his way over there. Ah uh, yeah, let's let's trade him over to to L.A. Be a good spot. Yeah, Anthony Rendon and Andrelton Simmons. I don't know who's playing second. So. I'll actually say that I feel more more confident after this review session in potentially being a Hector Neris owner. Yeah, picking up in the like twentieth round. <laughs> I mean, I'm not gonna. Yeah, obviously, I'm not gonna pay a ton for him. But uh, is is there? You know, we've been reviewing pretty pretty lackluster closers, <laughs> so this is kind of a welcome kind of a welcome change. Like, oh, somebody with actual closer potential. 
a lot of people with warts, right? Yeah. A lot of people with warts lately. And I think that there's a good chance that I think that he's Hector Neris is much more like his 2019 season, which is 293 ERA, 1.02 whip, 89 strikeouts in 67 innings, 28 saves. I think, yeah, I think that's, we're going to be a lot closer to that. Probably ERA in the three, right? Threes. And that would be, that would be quite nice. I would have to. I'll take a 3.25 ERA with that strikeout rate. Yeah, exactly. 3.25 ERA in your closer. Like, you don't love to see it, but it's not going to throw your fantasy week. <laughs> All right. So, what do we want to do for it? Okay. Whip next year. 1.2. Are you taking the over or the under? <sighs> over. Fine, I'll take the under. Wow. Well, every other theory. Every other theory. Let's put it in Do there. it. Who are we doing this week? I would like to discuss Rafael Montero. I would not like to talk about Rafael Montero. I think he's going to be a legitimate closer next year. <laughs> oh, boy. There he is. Time for a little housekeeping. Be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes and follow us on Twitter. Fantasy Tools, Mind the Z. Thank you, Mild Manor, for letting us use your tunes. Be sure to follow them on SoundCloud and Facebook. Feel free to email us with questions or comments. Send us messages at fantasy.tools at gmail.com. Again, mind the Z. All I've got left is worst of luck to you, buddy. Worst of luck to you, too. Hey.